I'm Jess. And I'm Clara. And we're gay and dumb. We hope you had a wonderful week. Uh, This week, we tried something new. So our whole objective with this podcast is obviously to try new things, to learn new things, talk with some experts about things. We want to get educated. We want to try new things. We want to have fun. Because we're dumb. Yes, because we're dumb. And um, Claire is kind of the opposite. But for me, I'm very sheltered. (laughs) Um, I choose to shelter myself. So I'm trying to stop that. So thank you guys for coming along with us on this journey. Um, why don't we talk about what we what we learned, what, what we tried this week? We went pole dancing. We went pole dancing. I we, was late, but it was fine because the instructor was also late. Yeah, but that's fine. Things happen. Um, we were at, it's Ariti, is yes. how you say it. Ariti Pole and Fitness in Salem, um, I had a great time. The instructor, who is the owner of the business, she was wonderful. Yeah, she was really helpful. She didn't make me feel awkward because I have, like, no flow. Like, I'm just very awkward in my body. Um, but she made it very, like, she made me feel very comfortable. And she helped me, like, kind of compare it to my yoga practice in many ways so that I felt like mm-hmm. I was able to kind of ease into yeah. it. Uh, what was her stage name? Echo Echo Waters. Echo Waters. Echo Waters. Yes, we follow her, both her studio and her personal page on Instagram. Please go check her out. She's really cool. She's been doing it for 10 years. Um, she's an expert. And she has really cool hair. Yeah. Really cool rainbow hair. Um, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, Clara had some trouble with the idea of just like... Letting go letting, of the pole. Yeah, letting go of the pole and sliding down. So... If you guys are following us on Instagram, Which, you'll um, get to see some for good the footage. Record, can I provide some context as to why I was having trouble? Yes, I would love to know the... So I was wearing a sports bra, and when I let go of the pole, it the pole rubbed against my back, and it felt like carpet burn. Yeah, she said that's just something you kind of And then I to. told her, I was like, it hurts. And she was like, well, if you don't like pain, you're not going to like pole. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I put some stuff on our Instagram story, just some clips, and I put a picture of my knees. We did not spend too much time on the floor, but look at that. <gasps> That's from pole? Yes, that is from being on the floor. My knees are so bruised Jessica and upset. Marie. I know. Don't government name me right now, but it hurts so bad. I'm still so bruised. And one of our very good friends, um, she's a former pole dancer. She sent me pictures of the way that she was bruised up from working in the club. I will have to show you. It is outrageous. It's all up her back, all up her legs. It is insane. Like you, apparently you just basically get beat up by the pole in the stage. Yeah. So. so last week I gave a shout out to all of our moms. Mad respect for you. This week I'd like to do a shout out to all of our pole dancers. Shout yes. out to you. That's a tough industry. Not only do you get, um, I'm assuming objectified by men constantly, but you also get beat up by the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very intense and it's, it is exercise. It is exercise. Like that is the best workout I have ever had. My arms still hurt so bad. My legs still hurt. It, it takes some strength. I remember at one point, Echo was like, we asked her to show some of like her most advanced moves. And she did this thing where she like cartwheeled onto the pole and she was upside down. She looked like a total queen. But like, that's when I really looked at her biceps and I was like, oh my God, she's ripped. That's got to take so much strength. 
Uh, I plan on continuing classes there. I really do. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about this new journey to take. And I think that's a really beautiful part of our podcast is we're not only trying new things, we're finding new things that we want to continue doing and like make a part of us and a part of our time and experiences. Are we becoming less dumb or are we becoming more dumb? Um... I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a very complicated spectrum, but we're just going to see how it goes. Um, So this week with you guys, we are going to be learning a thing or two about the public library system. Clara, would you like to introduce our lovely guest? Yes. Today we have Anne Tripp here in the studio with us. She is the director at the Salem Public Library. In the last episode, I said I had known her since I was six or seven, but clearly I have no perception of time because she's only worked there for eight years and I'm 23, so I've known her for that amount of time. Um, But Anne, do you want to just tell us um, a little bit about you and your role at the library? Yes. I would love to. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. And also tell us about Peanut and Maggie. Oh, I will. Yes. They're (laughs) most of who I am. So yes, Yes. I will. Um, First off, uh, that... Uh, pole dancing studio is right around the corner from my house and so now I'm inspired to go check it out and also become less dumb so thank you I've driven past it a bunch it's right across the street from a Baptist church which I've always thought was really interesting placement so um so now I'm really inspired so thank you um I am a public librarian I have been a librarian for gosh 20 how old am I 20 some years um and it I never really wanted to do anything else um I went, I went to Renault College and got my uh, bachelor's in English, and then I went to Catholic University in D.C. Um, I'm not Catholic, but they just had the library program that I could attend, and so I got my master's there, and then I worked at Library of Virginia for a couple of years. I've sort of bounced around. I was a children's librarian for a little while. I worked in government documents. I was a reference librarian, um, and then I was a branch manager, and now I'm a director, so I've sort of done lots of things uh, for d- different amounts of time, um, but certainly enough to appreciate the people who do those things. Like I know like when children's librarians are working on something, oh my gosh, that's really incredible and really difficult and everything that they do is really important. Same goes for reference librarians and same goes for for everybody. Um, So I really respect everyone at different levels of public librarianship and academics and and everyone. but I, um, like she said, I've worked at the Salem Library for eight years. I have an 11-year-old daughter um, who is amazing. And then I have a two-year-old uh, little rescue dog named Peanut who's a chihuahua slash miniature pincher, but thinks she's a, like a Rottweiler slash German Shepherd. Like she has the, the most, ones. it's always the little ones. And she, I got her right at the beginning of the pandemic when my former dog passed away. And she used to come with me every single day to work. And the libraries were closed down because of the pandemic. She came with me every day and I had her in a little pouch and she would go visit everyone who was there working and everything. It was the sweetest. So yay for I shelter dogs. That. Dogs yeah. are so good for morale in any work Absolutely. She really, really was. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, tell me more about your time with um, with children's librarianism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's It was really wonderful. Um, I was a children's librarian for... Um, I guess it wasn't all that long. I started at the Vincent Library, um, and then the the uh, branch manager there retired, and so then I, I took her position as branch manager. Um, I was hired for that, but um, I was there long enough to be there for a couple bit, like the seasonal things, like Halloween and Christmas and back to school and that kind of stuff. That's and exhausting. It was 
I mean, these people work so hard yeah. and, and they're just trying to reach kids and families. Like it's, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing being in public libraries because you don't make more money because people come to the program. You just hopefully improve their lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, a different kind of working experience than most other things. I mean, teachers and social workers, things like that. Like you don't, it's not like you get a paid by the number of people coming or anything. It's just, you just try to do the best you can with the time that you have. And so um, I really learned a lot about that and how to, uh, I didn't have a child at that point. I, you know, it was just being around kids was kind of like a little bit new to me sort of. And so doing story times when you realize, you know, the three-year-olds aren't judging you, you know, they are (laughs) tickled to death with no matter like what you do, they are having the best time. And the sillier you are and the more fun you have with it, then you know, it's it's just an opportunity to make them feel comfortable and enjoy being in the public library um, and really feel ownership and empowerment in that space, which is amazing. I love that so much. I think public libraries can be such an important part of a child's development. Some of my best memories were in um, were in the public library system. One right around the corner from my house. It's not a library anymore, but uh, the one out on electric. Oh. Um, I had so many good memories there. I remember like being a little kid and participating in the summer reading program and just like the smell of the library. Everybody talks about the smell of the library, but it really is just that nostalgic. I remember being a teenager and I might not have even been a teenager yet. I might have been like 12 and running in to find a copy of the Twilight books and they, there was a 28-person wait list for Twilight. I was heartbroken. And my name is probably still on that wait list to this day. I never heard anything about it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, it's obvious that the library is such an important part of a child's development and sense of community. What do you see the library's primary role in the community being? How do you think that the library system meets community needs? I think libraries have always been important in that they're, there's no agenda exactly. And so when we present information, whether it's with the collection or with our programming and things like that, it's it really is for everyone. Um, in our children's area, we have um, signs up that are sort of oriented for children, but it says libraries are for everyone. And um, that's really a huge, both a huge undertaking and a huge statement. Um, and it's a place that we work really hard to make sure that everyone feels welcome. Sometimes you can, it may be perceived that you can go too far trying to make everyone welcome. And then you like leave behind other people who, and you know, people are kind of complicated sometimes. So we try to strike the right balance of everyone can come, everyone can find what they need. Um, whether again, with it's the collection, you know, books, eBooks, digital resources and databases. Um, We have um, collections that are completely foreign. Like when I was growing up, um, I lived in Richmond and Henrico County. And so the libraries there, I mean, it was, it was books. And that was, you know, back in the eighties and nineties and it really was books and there were some computers and things like that. But now we have like at our library and a lot, I would say most libraries are doing this now. We have um, things you can check out. So we have gardening tools that are like the ergonomic ones for, oh, for I folks. Didn't know who, that. Yeah. Yeah. Another we, we have a whole... cool thing too that they have, not to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. you can check out happy lights. Yes. Yep. We have the light therapy lamps. We've had those for, I guess, three years. I love yeah. that. I'm going to have to look into those because yeah. I work in recreational therapy with oh, the elderly, yeah. specifically those with memory care diseases. So I'm oh, always right. looking for any sensitive 
complimentary tool I have to calm them. That's wonderful. I do. I mean, we've had people who have said they're really very helpful. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor or anything, but mm-hmm. I do. I mean, they have been very helpful for people and we have enough that some of our staff has bought, have bought some and have mm-hmm. them at their desks because our, our work area doesn't have a window or anything. And so it is, it's very helpful. You know, it's just things that people can learn about and try that are not things that they would necessarily be able to purchase on their own, mm-hmm. but you, you learn something from it. Again, it's not yeah. a book, but it comes with resources. You know, seasonal affective disorder is a medical condition and being able to learn about it and do something about it hand in hand, we can provide the resources all the way around. It's really important for people. Yeah, um, I love that so much. I've yeah. noticed that over time, like libraries have really become like these very sensory friendly places. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always been a quiet environment, of course, but you know, I've seen like over time more color added to the children's areas, comfortable seating, mm-hmm. things that you can hold and play with. And just it seems it's always such a comfortable place to exist. Yes, that's that is definitely the goal um, with our new children's area renovation. Um, our children's area has the cutest little sofas and chairs and tables and all these really sweet things. So like a parent can sit down with their kids and and read with yeah. them. We didn't have that before. We didn't have the space for it in our children's library. And Emily, just of her own brilliance, just reconfigured everything we had and created this really welcoming space that's a lot safer and a lot more user-friendly. And it's really fantastic. And we have um, things you can check out, little like peg dolls that you can check out and different building materials and things. And it's just we want people to come and experience what the library is yeah. so it becomes part of them. It's not just a place to go and get a book and you can sit at a wooden table in a gray room and read a book. It's, exactly. it's a place for experiences. <laughs> yes, exactly. You can um, also get tax information at your library. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, that's true. I mean, really anything you need information about, a lot of doctors send people to us. Like they don't have handouts anymore. Or they might have like a one sheet handout on you know, you have this kind of cancer and they give it to them. They're like, go to the library to find out information. And like when COVID was really ramping up strongly, people were referring them to us. People were telling them, call the library, like pharmacies and doctors, even the health department, because we were giving away COVID tests. We had um, printouts and information. We were up on all the guidance and everything. And we really feel like we're a resource because people need that. You can't yeah. just call the CVS and be like, hey, I have, you know, 20 questions. So <laughs> that's got to be such a fulfilling thing for you guys being able to help the public any way that you can during such a hard time. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought that the library was working so hard for us during that time. Yeah, we, we absolutely were. And we were doing and still continue to do everything we can to make sure it's a safe environment for people. Um, with with our programming and with people coming to use the computers, you know, you're not shoulder to shoulder, we've spread things out more Mm -hmm. and all that it's, you know, libraries are evolving all the time, which is really remarkable when I you know, when you think about it, I mean, everybody evolves and things like that. But I feel like when I was younger, you know, libraries were, um, they seemed pretty, pretty stable to me. And now I feel like, you know, you never know what's going to happen next in the library, which is a really amazing thing. And like at Raleigh Court, they have um, a sound studio where you can do like music remixing and podcasts, I think. And like, there's all sorts of different things at at different libraries that they offer, like South County Library, the Roanoke County Libraries have like robots you can check out. And I mean, it's the whole thing is just really remarkable um, for for everything that's offered all over the place. Yeah. One of my favorite memories is um, 
well, a few of them going to like some of the community events that happened on Saturdays at the library. Did you ever go to any of those super cool things? I went to some kind of like reptile show. I definitely have gone to the reptile shows. <laughs> I love that. What is like your favorite like weekend community event like that you've done? Oh gosh. I, I mean, I'm just going to be super geeky and say the petting zoo. Yeah. The petting zoo is the best. I love it. He'll bring, um, you know, baby goats and, you know, donkeys and llamas and things like that. So I love that one. Just like that's such a morale booster. And it just it just makes you feel better because the kids, I mean, maybe they've never they've never seen a like a, a goat like they don't even know. You know, you, we check out books with farm animals. And that's like the first thing kids learn is farm animals. But maybe they've never seen a cow in person. Not that he brings cows. But I mean, you just kids experiences you know maybe they've never seen a snake in person so when you saw a snake with the reptile guy like Mm -hmm. that's a big deal so that that one's my well one of my favorites the other one that's my favorite is we've done this a few times we've had a dessert truck rodeo so we have yeah oh my gosh it's the best break that down for me yes oh i will (laughs) i can um yeah that that one really probably is my favorite um it's sponsored by the friends of salem library so we get five or six dessert trucks which we've had smushed which is the ice cream sandwich people. We've had um, Grandpa Ike's Donuts. We've had um, Delicia's Gourmet Ice, which is amazing. Um, And I'm leaving other people out, and I'm so sorry. But so they all come. They do, like, little tiny free samples, and, I mean, they'll give you whatever you want. And there's sometimes, like, they'll give you a whole cupcake. Like, it's the sweetest thing. These people are so generous. And they come. Oh, Homestead Creamery, for example, also was there. But they come, and they just give out, like, it's just a little rodeo a little taste testing rodeo and then so you sample each one and you're like okay I'm gonna go all in and I'm gonna get you know this ice cream sandwich from smooshed and then you get an ice cream sandwich that's as big as your face and we have live music uh you know someone will come and play music um the last time we did this that we had a book sale going on for our friends because it was the same weekend of the friends of Salem library which is always during old Salem days and so it was that Friday night and we just had the dessert truck rodeo going on with as much dessert as people wanted to eat. There was no actual food there. And it was for kids. There were crafts and bubbles and sidewalk chalk and all sorts of stuff. And it's just a fun time. And so then the great thing was then they went up to the movie up at Longwood Park and got to race around until the movie started. And then they collapsed in the grass and parents got a break so it was wonderful it's the best time ever it's so sweet it really just is all about community for you guys and I love that so much my uh, my favorite um like community event that we did at the library that I can remember specifically from the Salem Public Library was when that lady came and we made things out of duct tape do you remember her yeah um I remember hearing about that I think that was before me yes but I do remember she hearing cool. about that. I made a wallet. How cool. How fun is that? It was so random. I, lo- yeah, I know. I made a wallet. Yes. Oh, and my I gosh. Also, when my mom worked at, um, oh, what's the library on Williamson? Oh, the Williamson Road Library. Yep. Oh, it's literally called that. Um, <laughs> I had, I was like, I don't know, I was probably like six or seven. I had a princess-themed birthday party. Oh, and we, so cute. And one of the children's librarian came out and read us like princess books. That's the sweetest. And I dressed up like That's a princess. So cute. You know what I would love to see? Uh, one of the the drag readings for the kids. I would love to take Violet to something like that. Aww. We haven't, so we've, Part of part of librarianship and being a librarian, things like that, is we try to react to community interest. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we've ever had anybody request that at our yeah. library. So it seemed like, well, 
we're not just going to throw it out there because, you know, it's it's sort of based on what do people want and what does our community want, things like that. So I think that's very interesting and important. Yeah. Any and, locals who are listening yep. right now, I need you to go to your public library and demand a drag reading because I and think those email, are so cute. It's, um, it's a trip at Salem. <laughs> Don't roll out her information. <laughs> no, it's, pu- that's, it's publicly available. And it we have, we do have available. an LGBTQIA plus book club um, that meets, I think it's the last or fourth Wednesday of every month. So we haven't had many people interested so far. We've had like three or four. So if anybody wants to come to that, we just read. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Clara's mom runs it. So, you know, it's wonderful. And why don't we go to your mom's gay book club, Clara? Yeah. That would be so great. I love Show up with like 20 people and she'll be like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) don't listen to this show. Listen here, gay people. We need to start reading more. We Mm -hmm. need to, we're so caught up in in the TikToks and you know, what's, what's Doja Cat doing? You know, Doja Cat might be reading right now. We need to band together and go to my mom's gay book club. Yeah. Well, because if you, if you don't do these things, then they don't exist anymore. You know, only so many times we can offer something where it's like a couple staff members and and someone from the friends of the library and that's mm-hmm. it you know it's like if you know so we're trying we would like to raise awareness of it and if you do want programs you libraries are a place where if you do want programs or you think things are important you need to tell the staff because otherwise we can't justify offering it all the time yeah. so it's it is sort of like people's choice like you you got to advocate for what your community wants so Let's let's yeah. get advocating, Clara. I want to advocate. Ma'am. This is great. Um, so let's get a little bit political. We know in the past few years there has been um, these arguments about books being banned in public schools. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the book bans, and um, you know how does the library address the issue? Are they involved in this issue? Yes. Yeah. Uh, from the very basic level, yes. And uh, all I, the way up. <laughs> My mom has told me some stuff about the whole banned books issue about, you know, laws that have been proposed. And that shit is scary. It is. She told me, I think it was definitely like in a southern state, I think like Alabama or Georgia. It was in, I don't think it got passed or anything. It was in um, like a public school system. But there was like this list of books that they were wanting to ban. um, And under the law like if one of the librarians was caught like either ordering one of these books or like giving it to a student or you know even giving information about the book to a student or another staff member like they could be fined or go Mm -hmm. to jail yeah and it's not so much like if it got passed or not but the fact that that type of censorship is even being proposed Mm -hmm. yeah that scares me yes there's it it, there have always been people on both sides who you know, lean a little more one way or the other um, with censorship. And um, so there's there's a lot to discuss. I think I'd like to think that most people just want what's best for their children or their family or themselves or, you know, their community and everything like that. Um, I think people do sometimes veer away into more extreme ideas of controlling others and what others read and what others learn and things like that. Um, and it's definitely there's been an uptick in it over the past few years. Um, a few, I guess this is maybe I'm not sure the pandemic sort of skewed time for me, but um, maybe a couple years ago, it was either a year or two ago, um, the Art Spiegelman um, graphic novel Mouse was challenged, and that sort of seemed to kick things into high gear. That's a 
that's a very important work of of literature and art, both of it, um, about experiences in World War II and the Holocaust. And um, I mean, it's like, it can't be understated how important that is. Um, And I think people who who didn't like that book being in schools um, or public libraries, um, I think that they don't want children to be frightened is I think the underlying idea with that. They don't want kids to be scared. They don't want kids to feel bad. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe like my father's family is from Germany. I don't know when they came over. I think it was back in the late 1800s. I'm not sure. But you know, when, when people feel a kinship with something that's negative, then they're like, well, I shouldn't have to feel bad about that. Well, okay, no one's trying to make you feel bad. But I think that there's such a reaction to it that that's one one side of it. And so with Mouse, they tried to ban it. I think it was in the schools. There have been so many things like that recently. I can't quite remember. But Mouse was banned from the schools. And then it ended up, you know, all that really does is raise awareness of it. And so when people found that out, then the comic stores and the libraries and bookstores, everybody like they've had to start printing it again. Like there was a there was a wait to get like you couldn't buy copies on Amazon anymore. People were buying copies and just giving them out to other mm-hmm. people to read. I mean, it was this huge resurgence yeah. of that novel. I remember seeing novel. this picture. It was a table at Barnes and Noble, and they had the title of the table banned Bad books, books. Yeah. and it was ugh. Yeah. And, and so that's a that's a really good e- extreme, but just kind of normal now example of when people try to censor, it really doesn't go well. And as they, you know, this is yeah. bandied about a lot, but like censors are never on the right side of history. They're never, you know, it's mm-hmm. never like, hey, good for them trying to keep people from doing this or, you know, banning no, that book or burning fear, it or whatever. My fear is like if kids don't have access to these books, but they're hearing, you know, their parents and the media saying we need to ban these books, mm-hmm. they're going to get curious. They're going to say, mm-hmm. why is this so mm-hmm. bad? And I'm scared that they're going to go online like the, and find the wrong information. It's mm-hmm. like the D.A.R.E. program. It's like they mm-hmm. told me not to do drugs. Mm-hmm. What did I do? You did some drugs. I went and did some drugs, y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, it does. I mean, if it's just if it was just in the collection and nobody was like, oh, you can't read that, they maybe never would have they might never have found it to begin with. I mean, if they weren't looking for that information, I would like to think that they would just in terms of learning about history for this example. But when somebody's like, you can't read that or you can't do that, I think for most people that makes you think, well, why not? Like, well, now I need to find out for myself. And, and that's usually, where, yeah, that curiosity. So disappointing <laughs> about banned books is people are like, oh, we have to ban this book. It's so awful. But then you go and read it and it's like not even that juicy. Right. It's not. No, it's it not. It usually just covers like maybe a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. but it's usually yeah, not I, like incredibly graphic. I know another book that's been thrown in the mix is To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. I don't like this idea that kids can't understand the meaning behind it or Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be you know introduced to issues like this I was Mm -hmm. in seventh or eighth grade when we read To Kill a Mockingbird and then we watched the movie as well and I remember sitting there just with like chills all over my body and just thinking like this is so important to understand and this this story like and you know we had this open discussion about how these themes in the book match up with what's happening in our world today. And it was really an open conversation. I can't imagine sending my child through a public school system that does not allow that kind of 
creative thinking and, you know, doesn't tie things into the real world. You know, we're both in community college. That's what it's all about is I feel like every professor I've ever had is how can we tie this in into what's going on in the world? Professor G. Professor G. <laughs> That's our ethics teacher. Oh, yeah. fantastic. We, we love him. Yeah. We love Professor G. We're also G. in love with him. Oh, yeah. yeah Professor G, bit. if you're out there, if you're listening, slide into my DMs. We <laughs> need to stop this issue of you trying to attract older men through this podcast. That's the third one so far. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> One Maybe of them that's was the dumb dentist. aspect of it. I don't know. Yeah, one of them was my dentist. Yeah, she's never the, even where's met. Where's the gay part? Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. What the heck? I know. <laughs> it's, it's a form of self-harm for you, but we, we can circle back to that later. So I guess considering, you know, the, the issue with these current book bans, but at the same time, how resilient the people working on the ground in the library system are, where do you think the library system will be in 10 years? What would it look like? What's your ideal version? Oh, yes. Well, I think um, in terms of our, our, our existence and the whole reason for our being, will still be the same. It'll be providing information for people, uh, regardless of what it is um, and what format. You know, 10 years from now, who knows what we'll be doing. Um, we still have books on CD. We still have music CDs. We still have DVD pl- DVDs. You can actually, we, we started circulating CD players for people so they can listen to music. And so that seems like a step backwards, except that the format is still viable. And people like kids especially are really getting into listening on to things on CD. So, you know, we're just there for you. Um, but I think in terms of our approach to things, we will continue to be stalwart allies, allies of, of the community and whoever the people in the community. So whether it's, you know, whatever the people who are in our communities need a voice sometimes, and we're not going to be out there necessarily like, you know, rallying and chanting or anything like that. But we, we're here for everyone. And that's the whole point of it is that when, when we have, um, like we have the book Lawn Boy, that was, um, I it was out in um, Eastern Virginia, I can't remember where it was, but um, Lawn Boy was challenged and a book by Sarah Moss was challenged. Um, Lawn Boy is about a, a young gay man and his growing up. And then as an adult, it's two different, two different sections of it. Um, And he's gay. And there are some things that are described in that book. It's semi-autobiographical. There are some things that are in that book that, I mean, they're, they're delicate. I mean, they're a little explicit, not super explicit, but that happens. I mean, it, and it doesn't wait until you're over 18 to happen for a lot of people. It, I mean, that's part of growing up and it's not in a children's area. It's not in an elementary school library. It might be in a high school library, but when, when you're growing up, you need information, you need to prepare yourself. And I think most parents want their kids to, to be educated and informed about what to expect and to know that, that there's nothing wrong with them and that they are just as important as the next person. And so that's what we want to make sure we have in our collection. Nothing that's going to damage anybody, but supportive and instructional materials that really help people in their lives. So that's what we'll keep doing, whatever that. that format is. You guys just want to move with the community, really. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Change with the times. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I guess, do you see yourself working at libraries till you retire? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm hoping I'll be at Salem until I retire, which is going to oh, be like God, 40 years from be now. My next question. Oh, yeah. Unless, unless they just cart me out. I'm, Did you say I'm going to be there. Years 40. From now? 40. Oh, no, God. not 40. No. I'm, I'm not like, that old. I'm only 39. Like, you're like 27. Seven. No, no. The, the previous director worked there like two weeks shy of 40 years. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta stay a little longer. 
was like, so. thank God, you can't, you can't leave me. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I, I know. No. I need to go get another library card then. I was actually, yeah. I was going to do it yesterday because I have been trying to find a copy of Jeanette McCurdy's new book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad my mom died. I know. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited that, to read that. It's, see, and that's like, that's a kind of title that's inflammatory. Yeah. Like some she's people would be like, holding, oh my gosh. She's smiling and holding, holding an urn in yep. the picture. Yep. And I, I can see why people would say that is horrific. How on earth could you have a book like that in the public library? Then you read it. It's like, well, her mom was super abusive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know any details. I've been working so hard to dodge spoilers because it seems like everybody and their mama has a copy. And I haven't read it yet, but I want to read it when it comes out for sure. I'm very excited. Barnes and Noble doesn't have a copy yet. Um, I know Roanoke County has one, but it's checked out right now. Oh, no. I guess I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and order it online. Oh, I should see if it's an audiobook. I wonder if she reads it herself. I bet she does since she's an actress. I'll need to that. look and see if we can get it through the Libby app, through your public library. Through the Libby app, through yep. our public mm-hmm. libraries? Yes. Free to, free to check out ebooks and audiobooks. Ooh. My mama yeah. orders the books for mm-hmm. the Salem Library. I'm going to tell yep. her to get on that. Yeah. Call and I will mama. say, too, not just program requests, book requests. If you have things you want your library to get, ask we can't buy everything mm-hmm. but we do want to know what people want so it's very important yeah. let's all open up a line of communication with our public libraries i think that's very important i want to get smarter i want to read new books i haven't i haven't done leisure reading in so long Aww. so long it's time i to used get back. to love it <laughs> time. i used to love it and i know in high school i was really into dystopian novels that was mm-hmm. a really popular genre in like the 2012 20 to 2015 ish range mm-hmm. lol like, and then it happened i know and then yeah. it happened but and maybe that's yeah, why they're was... not so popular anymore it's just a little too real yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was like maze runner hunger games divergent mm-hmm. i loved all of those series mm-hmm. and i just remember like staying up until midnight hiding under the covers reading it and i want to i want to love a book like that again there's so many great books that have come out too like it's just impossible to even talk about how many great books there are so oh, I love it <laughs> um so a little bit political again do you, you agree with the idea that libraries are one of the most socialist institutions in the U.S. and do you believe that if somebody tried to establish a public library system today do you think the government would fund it yeah I've seen that um passed around on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, I think the reason it gets passed around is, you know, I I don't know that it would be created, you know, same with public schools. Like, I mean, I think, I think it should be obviously, I I think it would depend on at what point they tried to create something like that and and build something like that. Um, I think like most communities in the United States, obviously, want public schools and public libraries and everything like that no question but there's some where libraries have been defunded and they don't have public libraries anymore oh, um and there are some where public schools are don't get the brick. funding i know right i know it's like if how the could Salem you public library ever gets defunded i will be out in the streets yeah they just closed oh i wish i could i just remembered this i wish i could remember there was one um it's vinton somewhere it's not vinton here in your Oak, but it's vinton public library somewhere where the library board um, was so upset about um, the library having a pride display that oh. they they've they fired several uh, library directors, and that's gotta be it's like that's just a basic. Is that against the law? It's not. I mean, you know, the library board's a governing board in some places, and if they don't want it, then and that's what the staff are doing. Then they're like, well, bye. And so that's 
that's been a thing. So that's something for people to look up and just see see the extremes that, that people will so go to icky. with their own personal opinions. Like I can, well, no, I mean, I can't understand being gay myself. I can't understand why people would see, think that that's wrong. But I can see people thinking, ah, oh, that seems like maybe a lot to have as a library display. The, the children or whatever. But yeah, I hate that line. Of I know, me too. So <laughs> I know. Uh, I, I mean... Not the kids. Not the Not kids. The what will they kids. think? I know. So, I mean... Because libraries really are for everybody. It's it's not a it's not a church library. You know, it's obviously it, so. Sometimes people only want their um, opinions broadcast, and they don't want anyone else's. And there are lots of extremes people will go to. And having a public library and having all sides of the story is not something that some people are really into. I think that's something that our our modern day government would be very mm-hmm. afraid of. I think it's too too liberal, too. Um... Too loosey-goosey for them. And I think we're really fortunate to live in an area that very much supports the public libraries. And it's not always like that all over the country. We're really in a... We're a blue dot in a red sea around here. Well, and even even within that, I mean, there there are red pockets all over the place too, but it's... Everyone seems to support the idea, no no matter which side of the table they're on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's not always... It's definitely not always the case. Um, So... Yeah, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate um, to think about what could be happening, but things are things just seem so complicated now, anyway. So, they but are. we're fortunate we already exist and we don't have to worry about that. And um, yeah, I love how we are. It's very well established in our mm-hmm. area, the public library mm-hmm. system. Yep, and people really appreciate what we do, which mm-hmm. which is really wonderful. I don't know that they. And if, uh, they shouldn't even have to think about, you know, the work that goes into it. It's it's the kind of thing that's made to seem effortless. Um, and it's part of it is because everyone really loves what they're doing. So. I love that so much. Yeah. I do. I feel like I've said I love that so much like 10 times, but I'm just kind of falling in love. With I say the that about my, so, my, my job, too. I'm like, I love that so much. <laughs> it's really great. I have a couple of fun open-ended questions that I didn't have written down. If we have time <laughs> for one or two more. Yeah. Yeah, we good? We got we got a lot of five. Got about a five minutes. All right, I have. Okay, so <laughs> one question that I have, and this is just purely out of curiosity, and this is just from me knowing my mom. But I know that as library staff, you guys work really hard, and you guys have a lot of wonderful, amazing patrons. But I also know that you guys have a lot of freaking weirdos. <laughs> because as we mentioned before, the library is for everyone. Yes. Everyone. So what would yeah. you say is, because I know you, you've mentioned that you've been in the library for, you know, quite mm-hmm. some time now. What would you mm-hmm. say is like the weirdest experience that you've had with the public? Oh, um, that's a good question. Um, I've worked in downtown libraries um, a few times. And so that's that's always interesting because there's just so much traffic that comes. Through. There are so many people who come through all the time. Um I think, well, probably the, the, an uncomfortable situation that we were in repeatedly over and over, and we didn't quite know how to handle, was there was a gentleman who used to come in and hasn't come in since the pandemic, so that's good, but um, he liked to go into the children's area and just stay there and, like, look at the children. And you know what? Like, it got very stressful because we were having to watch him all the time, and he didn't do anything, but he would f- follow women with children, you know, a few steps behind, 
And so the moms would like pull their child. And I spoke with him over and over. And he was like, oh, I just love kids. I have grandkids and I miss them. They live across the country or whatever. And it's like, you seem to not understand the situation here. And it's about the way it's it's perceived. Exactly. I've been in those situations Mm -hmm. before. I like with my daughter in the grocery store and this, the sweetest looking little old man came up and he, you know, he wanted to like, you know, like touch, touch her, her hair, touch her little dress, you know, touch her mm-hmm. pigtails. You look so mm-hmm. cute. He was showing me pictures yeah. of his grandkids. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. I'm going to have to ask you to move. And it's, yeah. you know, it's just the world that we live in today. You don't truly yeah. know anybody's intentions. So you guys were like bodyguards in that situation. We were, and we were trying, like, it was difficult because he was trying to seem so sweet about it, but he was also very insistent about it. And that's something that, you know, no matter where you are, if you're in Walmart, if you're at the grocery store, if you're in a public park or whatever, trying to stay aware of things like that. And I think, and the library is as safe as anywhere gets, for sure. It's a it's a wonderful, magical place, but it's also the public. And so, you know, we're very aware of, um, of all the folks who come in and uh, just want to make sure everybody's safe. So that was something that was very complicated that, that took a lot of time trying to figure out. And so we've made some changes to our library actually to make that better. So that's good. <laughs> Safety measures. Yeah. I know. Bless your heart. Sometimes I feel like, like in a lot of ways where I feel like different branches of the government or like social services are underfunded. I feel like a lot of that goes like falls onto other people. I feel like that mm-hmm. happens to like the library a mm-hmm. lot because you are open to everyone. I feel like sometimes you have to become like mental health advocates and you have to become like old people helpers. Yeah, we we absolutely do. Child protectors. Yeah. And, and some public libraries have social workers that they've hired to have on staff. Larger libraries have done that. Yeah. Um, some libraries have uh, security guards and things like that they've hired. Um, it used to be at the in Richmond, um, Virginia, at the public libraries, they had a like a, a police station in their downtown library, wow. which I don't know if they still have that or not. But um, And it's not to make anybody uncomfortable or anything like that. It's just the police can provide services that library staff are not equipped to do. And then also, you know, it's it's just the world we live in, for yeah. sure. I feel um, like you guys wear a lot of shoes sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And, and we're happy to do so. And we do have contacts at social services and LOA and with the police and everything like that. We just try to make sure that everybody's on the same page. I feel like if I came out a librarian with like, any any question if they didn't know it they would know where i could get the answer yes uh, yes we would find it yes i love that a hundred percent love everything libraries libraries are safe spaces and yep. they make Exciting. you feel smarter like sometimes obviously i go to the library to bug my mom and <laughs> ann and carly and heather my <laughs> library ladies gorgeous gorgeous girls but i also just go to like work on the computer because mm-hmm. it makes me feel smart yeah and nobody's gonna judge you like yeah. it's not like we kind of expect you to be there, you know, some places you feel like you have to go in and get out. Yeah. That's the thing that I have is like, you know, sometimes I enter a public space, especially like the mall. If I have to go to the mall, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm being perceived. And like, of course that's a false audience. In reality, everyone's just probably doing their own thing. But I'm Mm -hmm. I think that I would be comfortable there. I'm going to take my kid and get her, her first library card. And I'm going to get my own. I feel like she's ready for, for the library. I feel like the library is ready for, her and something wonderful that we just started in july i have to plug this is roanoke valley libraries all the libraries in roanoke city roanoke county salem and botetot are now fine free so there are no late fines so if you check out a stack of kids books you're a couple late weeks late getting it back 
it's not going to block your card. Like you don't have to worry about late fines. As long as you bring things back, there are no charges. Um, so that is something that we really think will just erase any barriers to access for people. You know, we have, you know, kids who are in college age coming in to check on their library card and want to check out and it was blocked because their parents checked out the walking dead when they were nine or something, you know, and it's like, and lost them, never returned them. And it's like, Oh my God, you know, and all you have to do is hear one time, well, you can't use the library and then you're never coming back. You're never trying again. So that's gone. All the fines are Didn't gone. did you guys advocate for that? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, all librarians, I yes. think really feel that's a huge thing. I think that thing. took a yeah. huge like customer service yeah. aspect off of y'all too. Yeah. 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 I it, couldn't it just... imagine sitting there fighting with a grown man about a $4 fee or something I know. Like and that. it was awful. It was, and a lot of the cards that were blocked were kids and Aww. they can't do anything about it. And having that conversation, this is, was always the thing that made me angriest was when a parent would fuss at their, you know, seven year old for not returning the stuff on time. And it's like, can they drive? Do And huh. then taking it out of their allowance because it didn't come back on time. I'm like, they have zero control and going to put such a bad taste in their mouth yeah, about they existing won't in the, the library, library and yeah. reading all together. I right. Good job, public library. Yay, public library. Yeah. So, it's a national yay. and international movement. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for being here with us. I have learned a lot about the library. I think this weekend I'm going to go and get a, get a library yes, card for myself. I'm so glad that you got to be our first guest. Yes. I am so stoked. excited thank to have you. Thank you. That's so, so wonderful. Much. Thank this you is... for all y'all are doing. Yeah, thank you so much. So gay people listen listen you little queers go to the library get yourself a library card look around a bit maybe and join maybe, my mom's book club join yes. yeah join a gay We're book club fill up that meeting room. if Let your me local you if your local library doesn't have a gay club talk to a librarian and say hey i want a gay club please and you know ask your friends say hey you guys want a gay club if they say no sign their name up anyway and also if they don't have one you can still use their meeting room and host one yourself yes meeting rooms let's let's have some wholesome organization let's work with the library system let's ask for some drag story times please i would love to have that and if you need help ask a librarian ask a librarian be polite be polite (laughs) and love them and thank them for their service I love a good librarian. Um, again, Anne, thank you so much for being here. This was great. And thank you, thank you guys for listening in. Um, we hope you have a great week. Please keep up with listening, please. We have some very exciting guests planned up. We have some exciting content for you guys. And yeah, we can't wait to see what we do next. Bye. Bye. Bye.